Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, uh, loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. You go there and have a look at all your form, your replays. You can get involved with ownership. Uh, and there's a, a Sham Express gelding going around today in those wonderful purple and pink colours for George Simon and his family. And George is the voice we hear every, well, most Saturdays on the good oil. We throw to George. We have him in our living rooms and we've got him on the show this morning. How are you doing, George? Yeah, good, thanks, uh, Louis, and uh, yeah, morning to you too, Mick. It's uh, nice to be joining you boys today, you big-timers. It's a real privilege for me to be on your show this morning. So, yeah, looking forward to the next few minutes or so. Well, George, you used to be a bigger timer, but now you're a slightly <laughs> smaller timer. Um, <laughs> you and, and Mary Ann, your lovely wife, went on the big no-white-stuff diet a couple of years ago. Are you, you seem to be holding it off, George. Is it, is it a sustainable lifestyle for you? Oh, it is, Mick. You know, we uh, it was Mary Ann's idea to put us on uh, keto. She wanted to lose some weight, and I had to. I got roped in to go along on the ride, and uh, you know, cut a long story short, she dropped 22 kilos, I think. So, um, you know, very proud of her, and uh, yeah, we've we've uh, managed to keep that weight off over the last uh, coming up nearly two years now. It's it's a lifestyle that agrees with us. Hey, look, we're we're not as strict as what we were when we initially started it. But uh, we feel health-wise a hell of a lot better than what we did a couple of years or so ago. Mate, most commentators' boxes are at the top of the stand and it's a bit of a hike. Do you notice the difference these days when you're hiking up the stairs than when you were carrying an extra 22 years ago? I think one of the greatest inventions of all time, Mick, was a thing called the lift. Um, oh. and, yeah, you have uh, those in the Waikato. <laughs> I've got one at Tirapa, so that's why a lot of people see me at Tirapa. I can come down in the lift, and, and obviously at Ellerslie too. But uh, no, it, yeah, it's a lot better. It's, it's uh, health-wise, it was interesting. Yesterday at Rotorua, who haven't got a lift, I uh, before I walked upstairs, I bumped into uh, Kevin Myers. He had a, I hadn't seen him for a little while, and. He had to take a couple of uh, looks to, to just to make sure that it was, uh, it was me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I think we've found that that's probably been the most interesting situation with regards to the, losing the weight is the fact that a lot of people come up and say, they look at you with, you know, they think, is that you or isn't it you? And there's only one George Simon, I'll give you the tip. Um, and yeah, so George, I did the same thing. I saw you at LSE one day, and I actually thought to myself, "Well, he's got a suave looking brown dude." And I was like, "Jesus, that's George!" Honestly, yeah. I actually didn't realise. And I'm not being fickle and saying that. Obviously, I've seen you every year for thirty years. I genuinely didn't know it was you. Yeah, and the, the, the funny thing is, people come up to me and they say, "Gee, you've lost." When they recognise it and realise it is me, they say, "Gee, you've lost some weight." But in the next breath. Nine times out of ten, the next question is, are you okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I suppose when people do lose weight that you haven't seen, you do worry, but you've still got your wonderful head of hair, George, and you're looking healthy as. I just, before we crack on, I, I, I have to ask for on behalf of Mick, because he's a bit, he's a bit embarrassed about this stuff, because he's thinking about getting into the keto, but he just, the, the, the one caveat would be, those little savoury pies, those little mince pies, can you have those when you're on that keto diet? Because he's actually got an illness for them. I have. <laughs> so have I. So have I, Louis. Yeah. You know, it's, um, 
hey, it's, it's your decision. But when you make the effort, <laughs> when you make the effort to to go hard out and to to get the weight off initially, it's amazing what uh, how much strength it gives you mentally to uh, to know which is you know which the things you can do and the things you can't do. But at the end of the day, you still have to live, and that's what Marianne and I have certainly done over the last two years. We've enjoyed ourselves. We we enjoy our our friends and uh, family, of course, and, and, and keeping uh, good company with them as well. So we do fall off the wagon every now and then, but it's uh, you know that when you need to get back on the wagon, I tell you what, I went to James McDonald's wedding in, in Sydney, and we went there for five days, and it was staggering the amount of weight that I put on in the five days. <laughs> I'm, I'm, picking, then, I'm picking that wasn't mini pies, George. That might have been a slightly yeah, different no, problem no. you had there, brother. Not, hey. with the, not with the man we call Jay Mac uh, Shelton anyway. So, um, yeah, <laughs> the best of the best. And, uh, but no, it, it, a week later, back on the, uh, on the, on the wagon, and uh, yeah, it's good as gold. George, a lot of people who, um, who know you would know the fact that you and James are very close and you travelled all around England and Ireland together and you were in a sort of mentoring role when he was very young. Other people also know that. You've obviously been breeding horses with Marianne and very successfully over a long period of time, but some of our listeners who, who just follow racing you know, casually wouldn't. Um, you obviously, you bred to me loose, so therefore, you know, that, that it's you've done that. You've been an amateur driver in harness racing. Do you find those things help you be a better commentator or broadcaster because it gives you a wider understanding of what's going on around you? That's a very good question, Mick, and uh, absolutely, absolutely. Those, I, it was never ever an intention of mine or an ambition of mine to breed horses. I wasn't interested. Mary Ann was, and once again, I got roped along and then went along for the ride. And uh, after Iggy came along or turned me loose, uh, it was um, suddenly I became an expert. But uh, she's the expert. I'm glad that one of us knows what she's doing as far as our breeding program is concerned. We've had a bit of success over the years. The amateur driving thing, it was another, gave me another perspective of just how good uh, the Tony Hurleys, the uh, Blair Oranges, you know, David Butcher, Todd Mitchells of this world are. And and that certainly helped me become a better broadcaster. You just get a more, uh, a, a different feel from, from doing those things and experiencing the ups and downs as far as a broadcaster is concerned, that just made me a more complete broadcaster anyway. I find with it, George, you know, and obviously I haven't driven in races, but I've driven lots of horses, I find that what you learn is often there's these speed maps and people say, well, you know, J-Mac's going to put this horse there. And when they don't, people say, oh, that was a terrible ride. But what I think what driving makes you realise is that you can't make horses do things they don't want to do. And I think a lot of people look at them like machines or units like cars and they can do this or that. But as you know, when you're in a race behind a horse who doesn't want to go or doesn't want to stop, you're more or less just a glorified passenger. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mick. You know, there, there were occasions when I was driving in those amateur drivers' races, and we were driving pretty slow horses, but they tended to do everything properly in, in a race, you know, and it was it was a safety factor as well. But, boy, when you're, um, when you're trying to encourage them to go quicker, mind you, if I could jump back in the cart these days, the horses that I drive would probably run quicker because it's 30 kilos less than what they were carrying <laughs> a few years ago when I was going around. But... Um, yeah, look, it, it, it gives you a greater appreciation of just the, the skill level of our jockeys, of our of our drivers, and uh, and just being involved 
the behind the scenes sort of goes, especially with the breeding side of it as well. It's um, as I say, it's certainly helped me develop as a racing broadcaster. George, you've you've had the best seat in the house this season to see a three-year-old crop that has been something that, you know, the Alan Sharricks we've asked, um, the Mark Walkers, uh, the Roger Jameses, these guys that have been around and seen for a long time are saying it's one of our best three-year-old crops ever. And Denby Road has, maybe in another year, could have picked up a couple more races. He's raced against the best of the best. And you've been able to call them all. What What's your appraisal of this crop of three-year-olds and from the position of having an interest in this um, class of horses as well? I love Denby Road, but, gee, I wish he wasn't born when he was. <laughs> I wish uh, he didn't have to run it against what, and like everybody's been saying, Louis, is that this has been the best three-year-old crop we've seen for ages, uh, for many, many years. When you go through them, you look at the performances of Sharp and Smart, Legato, Prowess, Penny Wecker burst on the scene in recent times. Uh, they've done it here in New Zealand. They've done it across the Tasman as well. Even the Aussies have, have been uh, well aware of just how strong our three-year-olds are. And then you look at uh, horses like I Wish I Win. It's just flying in Australia, rated the world's best sprinter. And you go further afield to Hong Kong and you see the deeds of Lucky Sway Ness in Hong Kong, which... It's just outstanding. It shows that our New Zealand bred horses can compete anywhere in the world, especially in the, our normal racing jurisdictions, obviously in Asia and in Australia. And this year, especially the three-year-olds, they've just been outstanding. Hey, George, whenever we have people on who are well-known in the industry, I'd like to ask them <clears throat> this question, but I'll make it a two-barrel question for you. What's the best horse you've ever seen live? So you had to be there watching it race. And the other question is, what's your... F- Denby Road excused out of this conversation. What's your favourite horse at the moment? What's your favourite horse to call? Yeah. Would you, I hope you... I wish you wouldn't ask me these interesting questions at this time of the day, Mick. Um, well, George, is, is, there's a mini up. pie if you get it right. <laughs> there's no right answer. <laughs> but if, if you give us a answer, we'll send you a mini pie or two. OK, I'll answer it in my own way. Uh, the best New Zealand horse that I have seen race is Sunline the oh, best sticker. horse that I've seen? The best horse that I've seen race is Winks. Uh, the now, what was the other question? The three-year-old this year. Now, what, now what's your favourite horse? Or what's the horse at the moment when you're calling it and it's in the parade ring, or you're about to call it? You think this is cool, like you know, an Imperatriz, a Sharp and Smart. It might be something else. It might be another horse you just love. Yeah, look, it's it's hard to put it down to, to one because. There's such a good bunch of three-year-olds this year that every time they've lined up, I've just really looked forward to seeing them race the next day. I, I would prepare, obviously, on the Friday night. And when I've got to call Sharp and Smart in the derby the next day, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing when I go to bed. I'm buzzing when I wake up in the morning. And the, you know, the thing about Sharp and Smart is that he only wins his races narrowly. Everybody mm. expected him to win the derby by, by lengths. And I thought at the 250, he was going to. But then he half-pipe pulls up. He got, that's how he got beaten in the VRC uh, derby when J-Mac rode him. He didn't see the other horse out wide, and then he kind of half-pipe pulled up, cost himself the win. George, he's, he's never, never won a race by more than three quarters of a length. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I saw him one day early in his career. He won a race at Ruakaka, and he did his best to try and 
blow it by by running all over the yeah, place. Cog- cognito ran second to him. Cognito almost got him yeah. on the line. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Legato. Now, from the first day that she went to the races in a, on a wet, I was going to say a, a bad word for radio, a, a, a wet, ordinary day uh, <laughs> at Mutmutter, and she came from 10 lengths off the leaders at the 250, picked them up in three or four bounds, and went away and won under a hold. I thought, whoa, she's good. I didn't think she was as good as what she turned out to be. Then Prowess comes along. I saw of called her. The first time I called Prowess was when she won on the synthetic track at Cambridge. And then she came out and started winning them all in a row and has gone on to do what she's done. I haven't called Penny Wecker yet, but uh, you know, she she was fantastic in her New Zealand Oaks, Australian Oaks double. It's um, so, yeah, the long-winded answer to your question, Mick, the, I just love calling good horses. I can't label one favourite horse at the minute, but the three-year-olds are right at the top of the list. That's uh, fair enough. It really is. And going back to the point where Denby Rhodes come up in a class and, and against today, he goes up against horses like Flamebird and uh, or Da Vici Bells. Talk about, you know, regally bred. There are some nice horses that he goes up against today. And this is probably not even the, well, this isn't, this isn't the top tier of them. Um, this is how deep this class goes, George. So what are you hearing from Shelley? How's the horse? And what are his chances today from a really good barrier draw with our gun group one rider, Ryan Elliott? Yeah, look, he, he's very well. He had a quiet trial last Tuesday at uh, Cambridge. He ran second to a horse called AID uh, under a hold. AID came out and won yesterday at Otherua. Now you can read into that whatever you want to read into it. But he's up against you know a horse that's rated uh, 72 and I choose you. Flame Bird has been hugely impressive in what she's done at her last couple of starts. I've got a real liking for Petrucci as well, especially with uh, Michael McNabb aboard. So it, it's, a, it's a good field. It's, it's a field that's probably a, a little bit off the, uh, the Legato's, Prowl West and Sharp and Smarts of this world, but it's still a competitive race, the English Sales Cambridge Breeders Stakes. We're thrilled that we've got a horse uh, in the race, and I can tell you that he's, he's improved since his trial the other day. His gallop the other morning was very, very good. Shelley's happy with him, so we're happy with him. And uh, Ryan Elliott, just with regards to the jockey, people have said that we, we may have sacked Sam Weatherly. That is not the, the case. The case is, I thought Denby Road was going to go for a race next week at Tirata in a rating 65, 1,200 metres. But the girls ganged up on me, Shelley and my wife, Marianne, and they said, no, he's going to the uh, Cambridge Breeder Stakes. By that stage, Sam had already taken the ride and Miss Rockett. Uh, we were lucky enough to get Ryan, and um, he came and had a ride on the horse the other day and was, was quite happy too. So so that's the only reason why Sam Weatherly's not on the horse today. Hey, Georgie, one of your favourite tracks and one of my favourite tracks, because um, we both spend a lot of time there, is Ellerslie. Um, I've got some good news for you, because you've been a panellist on Weigh-In in the past, and you've done plenty of TV work with us. And, mate, on Weigh-In on this Monday, it's our last show for the season, we have a 12-minute feature on the developments at Ellerslie, and we took the drone out there and we got on the golf cart with Wilco and he's driven us around Ellerslie and shown us the whole shebang, everything about the development. Now, I'm not sure if you've been there in the last six months, but this was going to be like a three-minute piece for television. It's become 12 minutes. It is fascinating what is going on at your home track. The good news is... They expect us to be back for that first week of January Sunday meeting and to hold the Caracamillion at Ellerslie. But, George, when you see the footage up close, wow, it is staggering stuff. So that'll be on there Monday, brother. If you get bored Monday night, you and Marianne can sit down because I know, like me, 
like lots of people in Auckland and around the country, gee, I can't wait for Ellerslie to reopen. Yeah, you're dead right, Mick. Um, the only time I've seen Ellerslie <laughs> was I was invited to lunch with Sir Peter Vella up in Auckland, and of course I had to get from here in the Waikato up to Auckland, and uh, he said, no worries, take my helicopter. Now, we landed at Ellerslie, so I had a bird's eye view coming into land over the Ellerslie racetrack, and uh, the amount of work that had gone on, it was uh, you certainly don't recognise the track from what it used to be. Uh, look, uh, like everybody else, we're, we're all busting the gut to get back to Ellerslie, and, um, yeah, that's that's pleasing. I'll, I'll certainly be watching on Monday night, Mick. So Peter Valor, James McDonald, George Simon, you truly are a rock star, aren't you, uh, George? <laughs> we, we, we appreciate your time, mate. Seriously, I love hearing you every weekend on the Gore when we have a Northern meeting. So uh, go well. Call well today. All the best to Denby Road, Shelley and, and uh, Marianne as well. Hopefully he runs a good race for you. Yeah, we're hopeful, mate. And, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me this morning and uh, look forward to catching up again in the near future. George Simon. Good Love chat. He's a legend. He's a, a legend, isn't he? Mate, when you realise the stuff, you know, breeding turn me loose and driving amateur drivers' races and he's called overseas and he spent a lot of time mentoring J-Mac, took him to Ireland of all places and and obviously went to his wedding. We haven't mentioned that much on here. Of course, J-Mac got married two weeks ago. We've stayed away from that subject. We stay away from people's personal lives as best we can. But, yeah, George was, in, was invited to that and, and um, apparently a wonderful occasion. So... Very, very cool backstory to a guy who um, is part of our lives for a lot of people every Saturday, Louis. Totally. He's, he is. He's in our living rooms. And he does a wonderful job.